Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and today is the WNR 39A. It's the seventh annual WNR Wars. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here for the WNR Wars, and last year we split it into NXT, AW, and WWE. But this year, everyone, and everything is included. Any promotion? Mainly the ones we've watched on the pod, of course. But with me here today, let's welcome WNR team members. First up, it's Monty. How you doing? I'm happy to be here, of course, here at the Dublin Awards. It's very, very, very prestigious award show we're doing here, and I'm honored to be here. And I really like how Joe Gacy the show is this year. Very inclusive. <laughs> I like that. We're talking about everybody. Let's do it. You had to mention Joe Gacy to start, but don't matter. It, like I said, it is your second award show, and the second awards as well is another <laughs> other than Jaxi. How you doing? Hello, hello. Looking forward to the second annual WNR Awards to be joining. I'm really, really excited. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have both of you on, of course, NXT, NXT UK, AEW and WWE covered there. Uh, but, of course, with Impact and AEW, should be the ultimate one. But, unfortunately, he can't join us due to a medical emergency. But he has sent me his pick, so I've got twice as many to read out. Uh, but before we get on to, like we say, the 7th Annual WNR Awards, let's have a look at news, because quick news. And, Jackson, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but uh, myself and Monty have been doing this quite a while. We're actually a jinx to most WWE superstars. And in Are actual we? fact, we were talking about Jeff Hardy on the last pod that we did saying that he's got one more chance and he's doing well. Uh, so, of course, the news was that Jeff Hardy has indeed been released. Uh, what do you think of the jinx? And what do you think about the Jeff Hardy news, Jaxie? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really sad to kind of see, especially if anyone watched Broken Skull Session shortly just before. Um, you know, you kind of like want to think to yourself does Jeff have it and then do kind of uh, have a program with Roman that'd be quite interesting um so it, it kind of came out of nowhere um but I think that it could be for the best for Jeff um I think that a lot of the problems that Jeff may have been struggling with um have consisted throughout uh being with the company and it might do him some good just to kind of take a step away from the company for a while um and kind of just sort himself out and then decide where where he wants to go what he wants to do um that way um my main concern is his health and i just want to express uh you know uh a, a speedy recovery for jack and uh for his family yeah, without a doubt. Look, so the story behind it is he was sent home for a live event in December 4th in Texas. Speaking of tag match, left during the match and disappeared into the crowd. Failing to return, of course, he's uh, maybe turned down rehab, as his brother Matt has mentioned as well, saying he doesn't need it. But like I said, the health is important things. But again, where Monty, we were talking about him on Broken Skull Sessions. And again, it's sad to see. But as Jaxie mentioned, his health is number one priority right now, isn't it? Yeah, that's what's most important. I think at the end of the day, it was cool. It was it was kind of sad to see him go, and sad to see that's how that's probably be his last ever run in in WWE, and that how it ended. I know we all wanted to, him to go out the right way, or you know at least like you said another program something, 
and you know be remembered the right way as as a WWE superstar of you know Jeff Hardy. But I don't think the thing I know and I noticed after it happened was just we all love and want the best for Jeff Hardy so much to where it doesn't matter where he ends up, how to run in Jeff, the love for Jeff Hardy and the appreciation for what he has done. And, uh, you know, what he probably will do, because we all know he's, I mean, he's just he's awesome and he's unbelievably he deserves all the legendary status that is granted upon him. And I think at the end of the day, like like Jack said, we all just want him to be OK, safe and in the right state of mind and doing whatever it is that he loves to do. And like you said, maybe that means without WWE, that, that is what it is that, that can't necessarily be helped now. But I did notice that at the end of the day, we all love and care for Jeff because it was just a lot of outpouring. You almost thought something worse than him being released happened, if you look at it. And you talk about having the dog with you. My cat just walked up here. Now he wants to bother me. So, But, yeah. Anyway, besides that uh, information right there, back to the curse. I don't know what it is. I'm scared to talk about anything current because everything will be different the next time we talk. So I don't even get that's just I don't know what it is, man. Uh, but we change in the world with every show. We, we, we literally are. I mean, we loved NXT and that not many shows completely change. And we have managed to do that with NXT as well. So we will leave uh, alone uh, a lot of things. And another bit of news actually was talking about uh, contracts expiring, a lot of wrestlers leaving voluntarily as it was, and usually leaving WWE as we've seen recent times. Well, Kevin Owens was one of them, especially with his connections to AEW, but he has reportedly signed a new multi-million dollar deal uh, to remain in WWE. Is this a surprise? Uh, Jackson, what do you think about Kevin Owens and his new deal? I definitely, uh, it definitely came as a surprise for me. I mean, I think I, I guess I listened to a bit too much gossip, maybe, um, when it comes to Kevin Owens, especially in terms of what I've heard rumors wise is that he was just kind of fed up um, with it within the WWE, within the company. So this came as a surprise for me. That being said, I'm kind of liking um, what WWE are doing with him at the moment. So if he is very happy in in the company and you know, the company are, are looking to kind of use him in a way where he's like, he could be thrown into a title picture, but also still maintain the lower, uh, not lower, sorry, middle uh, card and upper card sort of um, ranking. Uh, like, I'm more than happy to keep seeing KO on, on TV, you know, like, I don't, I do not want this man, like, leaving that company and then not going elsewhere. So if it meant like him, you know, still being on TV, then I'm more than happy to uh, have him on WWE. That being said, am I a little bit disappointed because I loved the prospect of him facing off against potential AEW stars? Potentially, yes, but it could have also not gone that way. So I'm kind of happy just to kind of, I'm content with seeing him on TV. Yeah, I doubt it is really, really good stuff to see Kevin Owens. And the last kind of major event, of the year uh, was winter is coming, which of course AEW presented December 15th. So we're going to have a look at that quickly. And we start, of course, with the AEW World match. And Brian, Daniel, Brian Danielson even had been tearing through the dark order. Uh, but Paige had enough of this cow 
boy shit. Look at the match. With 55 minutes gone, Danielson stomped the face of Hangman. The title of the court with another dead eye. Page stomped his opponent's head in a nice bit of revenge. Hangman tried for the buckshot lariat, but Danielson caught him. Replied to the bell lock. The champion fought out and delivered buckshot lariat. Couldn't make the cover before the bell rang, signalling the end of a 60-minute time limit draw. Uh, Monty, did you see this and what were your thoughts? Yes, I had to make sure I rushed and seen it. I was excited for this match anyway going into it, and, you know, it definitely lived up to my expectations. You know, the feat of not only having the conditioning to have an hour match, to you know, that leads to a draw, but the execution and the level of investment from the fans for the entire hour. That entire ride, the fans were on it with them. Everyone was into it, and it was it was just an accomplishment in itself that the people were still involved after that long amount of time. It just, just shows how much people were really invested in the match and how good they were doing. And I was mostly just overall really impressed with Hangman. I know Danielson is one of the best to ever do it. I've always looked at him that way, and I know he's one of the best in the world currently. And just like literally on a different plane from a lot of people right now, in my opinion. Uh, but and I think Hangman really proved that he also belongs to be there. And I don't know if it's anyone in wrestling who's a, a better genuine babyface right now. Just just at the level that he feels like whenever he's on television and whenever he's wrestling like he wrestled there. So I, th- I came away really impressed with Hangman. But uh, I really loved it. I don't see how anyone can have a problem with it, you know. And I maybe I am a mark for New Japan in these longer style matches. I know some people hate anything that goes over thirty minutes, so that is what it is. But when they're when they're going at it like that, and it's just the overall story is that you know neither one neither man could get get the upper hand that night. Man, I don't see how you can look at an uh, hour of free wrestling like that on television just like free in front of you and you have a problem with it. I just, I, I came away and very impressed. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was an epic uh, two men at the top of the game. And Jack C, you got anything to add to that? No, I completely agree with everything Monty said, really. I mean, uh, what you can't really go wrong with having a straight up wrestling match that goes like a full 60 minutes. And that's when you can actually appreciate the stamina and how much, effort and energy it takes to actually pull off a match like that and have the crowd consistently behind you. I mean, that match from beginning to end was just great in every way. I've got no complaint against it. And for those that do complain that it went on a bit too long, like, what do you expect? Like, this isn't uh, entertaining wrestling. This is wrestling entertainment. Enjoy the sports side of it as well. And this is exactly what we got here. I think without doubt. Well, we then see Wardlow slaughtering Matt Seidel, and then here Kurashida versus Freena Deeb, and what starts a red hot, intense brawl settled down as Deeb worked over her opponent, showing why she's a professor of professional wrestling. Rashida fought through the pain and survived submission. She launched Deeb into the turnbuckle, which was exposed, and scored a jackknife pin for the win. I thought this was another great wrestling match. Uh, Jackson, what are your thoughts? Because we have discussed with the women's division in AEW. Mm, yeah, uh, again, agree with you. It was a, a, a really great match. Um, I'm really enjoying these continuous builds on feuds between uh, certain uh, wrestlers who can just really carry each match um, and bring something new to the page. Um, we get that quite often when it's Andrade versus Pac, which is another good like sort of ongoing um, rivalry. Um we, we with when it came to Shida and Serena Deeb, even more so, there's just a lot more uh, 
rivalry behind it, especially because of the sort of, you know, Shida win that that she didn't get straight away. Um, I really love this um, epic storytelling and just felt that the match was great in itself. Yeah, credit to both and given the time it deserved. In the main event, the Dom Ring, Dante Martin, who looked like he was going to cry versus MJF. And we see Martin delivering a nosedive and an FTW champ and Team Taz leader Ricky Starks for MJF's leg on a rope, breaking the pin. Distraction allowed him to cover and apply the salt of the earth for submission win. After match, FDR hit the ring to celebrate until the arena was darkened with Sting and Darby Allen unloading and then CM Punk coming down and chasing the pinnacle from the ring and standing tall. And then a match was made for the holiday bash, which Punk, Sting and Allen versus FTR and MJF. Uh, I didn't mind this match. Uh, Monty, what were your thoughts? I think for me, though, I will say with Dante's dives are great, but not when your opponent has to wait and you dive over them. What do you think, Monty? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was one particular one where he just basically cleared him, right? (laughs) (laughs) Cleared him completely. And like all he hit was the floor, but pretty much. But yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say. I do think... uh, that he's getting better in the ring. And like, they, I like how he's kind of has a continuing ladder of just like competition, like starting off with the Sidell series leading to where he is now and being in that position. I thought that was good for Dante, but uh, MJF surviving was expected. And it made sense in my opinion with Starks' involvement. You know, I like Ricky Starks. I, I hope they do more with him. I think he's a star that honestly could be even more important than the FTW champion. He could be, way bigger than he is and hopefully uh in next year we'll see more of that of what i think that potential shows with ricky starks but anyway and i think him and dante can have good good fun together also but yeah this is all fine and you know but to me the whole entire show even you know Sheeta and deep i felt for them i felt for mj i felt for any of them having to follow that first hour because even the crowd kind of was dead at times and who could blame them if you know what i mean like this was like winter is coming was definitely all about that match at the beginning. And that's what I kind of came away taking from it. But MJF winning here was the right decision. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a good show overall. And I would say yeah. AEW's been delivering uh good matches in the course of building up with the MJF and CM Punk feud, and of course we've got the rematch now with uh Paige and Danielson. It's just good, good stuff. Uh and usually we don't do it, but I think with the Christmas special that we've got coming up as well. Uh, we're trying to look at like a year in review, so we'll have a promotion of the year. But I think it's pretty obvious, you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like it looks like someone's got it. But anyway, now it is time. The time and the place for the seventh annual Dublin R Awards. Yes, we are gonna get through this and like I said, everything is involved. So we have got these are the programmes that I watch are included to choose for this year. We have got Raw and SmackDown, of course, NXT, NXT UK, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and is there anybody else I'm forgetting? AEW, of course. How can you forget? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) Really? Didn't you just say there's promotion? (laughs) Pretty sure we were just discussing this. I will. Hey, I've been doing this for seven years, so this is acceptable. Uh, so the WNR Wars, and of course, Albert can't be here, so I have got his choices. So we're just going to go through them as we do, and we're going to start off with Entrance of the Year. So Entrance of the Year, uh, and we will start with, I'll go Monty to start us off. Who? What is your Entrance of the Year? 
Uh, so I don't necessarily have a particular like style of entrance or anything, but a particular entrance that I remember enjoy, enjoying the most memorable entrance that took place this year was obviously CM Punk's return entrance to me. The pop, like I've never heard before, it just sticks out in my mind. They loved him. I mean, like Chicago still, they, they, Chicago have, have not even come close to that first night, but you know, they love him all. They, like he still gets major pops, but that pop from when he finally returned, I will never forget it. And it's just like the entrance and him going into the crowd and all the happiness you saw on your screen. I don't see how anyone's entrance that took place in 2021 even comes close. Well, I think I'd be interested to see CM Punk. Ultimate one put uh, Alistair Black, of course, because we know how cool that is yeah. in AEW. That, that was one of my choices uh, alongside um, when Chris Jericho and the fans had to sing the Judas uh, song coming out there. Uh, but I'm going to say my one is actually Decay from Impact because considering how small the arena is, that entrance is so over. And when they come out, it is quite creepy to be able to do that on a smaller scale, I think it's credit to him. So my entrance of the year is Decay. Uh, Jack, Jaxie, what about you? Um, I actually had the same um, answer as uh, Ultimate One. Um, I just am so enthralled by Alistair Black's entrance. Uh, that won it over for me. I think Ali B, the way it works when he comes out is so kind of cool and it adds to the character. I think any entrance that can do that really, really helps, you know? Mm, definitely. All right, so we have got our entrance of the year. Up next is commentator. So, Jackson, why don't you tell me who your commentator of the year is? Tony Schiavone, for me. Um, I think it's it's a lot to do with not only his uh, friendship <laughs> with Brett Baker, it's some of the one-liners that he comes out with with uh, against superstars he's just not impressed with. Um, you know, uh, the, the best sort of form of example I can give you it was um I think it was during the Hangman Page Kenny Omega match when uh the the young bucks were making their way out and he just went oh dipshit alert and that for me had me absolutely in stitches um I just think that he's just one of those unsung heroes of 2021 for sure um so that's my pick you don't find a relationship with him and Brit a bit creepy no, I don't. I love it. It's different because, you know, we see so many different types of relationships that the commentators can can have um, with uh, with the superstars. So I actually really enjoy his uh, his friendship with her. Monty, who would be your commentator of the year? Yo, that I, that's an underrated pick. I can't believe I didn't even think about Shivani because you're right. I enjoy a lot of what Shivani say on a week to week basis. Uh, right? He came back with a he he's coming back with a vengeance. Like I have to give him <laughs> I have to give him props there. But my commentator of the year, I don't think anyone has been better. Even though I've enjoyed a lot of commentary, <laughs> like if we were talking about a whole team, I probably would choose NXT's team that Belf just left. But honestly, Pat McAfee has been on fire. I'm going with Pat McAfee overall. I don't. When I watch SmackDown, he even the stuff that I hate, even bum ass Baron Corbin, or when Madcap Moss is also out there. Whenever Pat McAfee is there to provide one liners, even last night when that segment was getting destroyed, when C, when they give him some CM Punk chant, 
He says, yes, I agree with the fans. I need love, too. I don't care what you say. That was just an awesome thing to say right there because it's like, yeah, we can't say – we can't acknowledge what they're actually saying, but I actually agree with them right now. This is horrible. And only Pat McAfee gets away with saying stuff like that. And I I just love what he brings to commentary. He's a good time every Friday night. And I think he's, he's coming to his own. Like, I never thought when he appeared to fight Adam Cole, I think that was last year, that this is what his this is what was coming out of that, but I'm very grateful for it because he makes SmackDown a lot more bearable. Yeah. Well, I think my pick this year, you did just mention her. I think my comment of the year has got to be Beth Phoenix because, like I said, the the team of NXT with Vic Joseph way back and her has been a pleasure this year, even when the action hasn't. And it's a shame she is leaving if you bring something different. And it's not a case of just adding a woman to the commentary team, which is a way of experience and what she could bring to the table as well. And, and even the relationship she had with Indy Hartwell, trying to bring her out with Dexter Luminous and everything like this, I think worked really, really well. Uh, so I think Beth Phoenix will definitely be my commentator of the year. Alma um, One picked Kevin Kelly, of course, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Monty, would you see Kevin Kelly? Do these deserve props? Yeah, I think that's a great pick also. Like I, I love Kevin Kelly. He's he's literally your hope if you are if you if you don't listen to Japanese commentary, he is your hope. Like he leads you everywhere you need to know, all the storytelling, everything that needs to be you know, everything that may be uh lost through translation. I think he is literally a great pick. Well, up next is is an award that we've been doing for a while. Uh, might not make a lot of sense, but manager of the year because I think the manager is still vitally important. We still dotted around, I suppose, in AEW and WWE. So uh, we'll say, Jaxie, who's your manager of the year? Uh, I went with Don Callis, but like you know, not because I like him, but because of what he just kind of brought to sort of the whole Kenny Omega reign. Um, I thought that some of his promos were funny. I thought he had some really funny segments. My favorite standout moment for him was him posing as the cameraman, um, you know, with the fake beard and everything like that, um, as well as just a shout out to that god awful uh, hand painted oil picture that the Young Bucks um, had come across when meeting up with Kenny at one point. He just had some really great moments. Um, that I felt added and and uh, to AEW in in a brilliant way. Um, so Don was my pick. Excellent choice. The ultimate one also goes with Don Callis. Monty, do you join the two? No, I do not join join the two. I like Don Callis. I, I understand, but uh, no, I don't go with Don Callis. Paul Heyman is my uh, pick. I think when when this immediately when I saw this. Paul Heyman came to mind first. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why. I, I thought of Orrin. I thought of other people. You know, Tully. Because there's a lot, actually. I was actually kind of surprised until you brought this up. I didn't think about how, you know, how the manager has kind of slowly but surely came back uh, mm. into into wrestling. Like, so I do like appreciate Vicky that. Guerrero and stuff there. Right, Vicky yeah. Guerrero, exactly. Like, uh, especially AEW is a big, bump, big chunk of a lot of these managers, but yeah, for some reason, Paul Heyman and his just performance as the uh, as I don't know what what is his title for Roman? It doesn't matter. Yeah, we got fired he's, yesterday. He's, 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 special special council, yeah, yeah, he's right. the council. So yeah, yeah. So he got fired yesterday. What, so he's no longer an advocate. Spoiler alert! And, Spoiler. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that. I, see, come on. You got to be up on stuff, bro. This is yeah. Come on, man. Anyway, spoiler alert is over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, kids. I just watched it. Okay, it happened. Anyway. Don't listen to my newest pod, then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Damn. Anyway, um, before he got fired, he was doing such a great job and doing everything that he had to do uh, for Roman Reigns. And uh, I don't know. I just think the way he kind of switched his whole demeanor, because, you know, he had a formula for a while with Brock. And, like, he is literally the complete opposite. He's not as boisterous. You know, he's, like, very slimy and like Paul is always good at that, but he was more than that all the time. And I just like I said, everything Roman has been doing to me has been just top knock entertainment and stuff. So and Paul Heyman was a big part of that. So I, I thought Paul Heyman was he stuck out as my manager of the year, even though man, thank you for allowing me to realize that Jackson AEW has a lot of managers <laughs> right now. Alex, who be with the Lucha Bros? <laughs> or is he just translated? Does he count as a manager slash translator? Like, oh my God, they got managers everywhere. Okay, I'm done. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> well, my manager. Alex actually... has that black eye as well. Remember, <laughs> these managers are like, are taking proper hit. Well, <laughs> so, my manager yeah. of the year is not from AEW. Uh, oh. It is a guy. And this is the thing about managers is that they need to help people that maybe can't talk. Uh, you know, obviously, that's the whole point of a manager. And just with maybe one, you know, Klein, as it was with Paul Heyman, yes, that's fine. But I'm looking at a man who is has got diamonds in his, in his hands, and that is Malcolm Bivens. Now, I never thought I would pick this man, but he's a guy that's making NXT tick at this moment in time. And actually, dare I say, making Roger Strong interesting for the first time in five years, which, again, is pretty difficult. <laughs> you look at the Creed brothers, you look at Ivy Nile, you look at what they bring to the table as well, and it's Malcolm Bivens there who's actually... How can anybody from 2.0 win this award? <laughs> well, look, because... For the entire year? <laughs> <laughs> look... I'm looking at it as, as equality. Did you I've just got... throw a shot at my pick with Malcolm? <laughs> I've got to have. We've got to have every place represented. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, oh, okay. Vivid. All right. Participation trophy. Okay. No, it's fine. not for me. <laughs> I love. Hold on now. Don't make it sound like I'm burying Malcolm because I love Malcolm Bills. I understand what you're saying. He's very entertaining, but you not going to say that like. Come on, right? Of all year, he just the diamond mine really just started to pop off. He, man. Aaron Paul, he was managing Aaron Paul in the first six months. We were laughing with him. So. Oh my goodness! So did you? So you cared about uh, Rust? <laughs> Isn't no that his cares. name, Rust? No one cares about Tyler Rust or whatever he goes by now. But that's my manager, <laughs> and I, I stick by. Got, got fired. That's what you gonna say about him? Well, speaking right, about after Monty's fiery promo just then, we do go to promo of the year. So, Jackson, why don't you calm us down and tell us, what was your promo of the year? Um, Probably CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk and MJF. Those two just went hard at each other. Um, That was great for me. CM Punk has just been killing each promo that he's cut since joining AEW. So, CM Punk is my overall pick. <laughs> Right, before Monty starts shouting at me again, I will say Chumper was up here. Because if you remember this, this, this promo he gave about the young guys coming and not paying their dues and stuff like that was fantastic. It's not my pick, 
Uh, my pick is the same as Jack's. He's the same as the Ultimate Ones. It's Punk and MGF. The question is, Monty, have you gone for that for your promo of the year, or is there something else? It's something else. It's someone else. Mm. And, and I, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I knew this would happen. I knew it would happen. Recency bias. We talking about 365 days, people. Eddie Kingston literally killed Punk with a much realer promo to me, and that's why Eddie Kingston wins for me. Anytime Eddie Kingston talks, it's the best promo. He's the realest. Dude, ever because none of his promos actually feel like promos. He's just talking to you, bro. I'm going with Eddie Kingston. Come on, man. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not like y'all recent people. Eddie Kingston's promo against Punk was better to me. MJF and Punk, they were fine, but they were just doing little digs. Like whatever, who cares? You know that whatever. You know what I mean? I'm used to that. In all I'm my going with Eddie time, Kingston. Eddie Kingston had real heat with his promo. Man. In all my time of of certain people to get picked on, where wherever it would be, the people who choose them, what the real the people who watch wrestling uh, more recently are being picked on over the people that choose to remember a year before. This is this is disgusting, and I will not stand for this here. You can only watch two weeks ago. That's acceptable. All right, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Oh my goodness! Come on, man. Anyway, we move on. Finn Balor was the NXT champion in January. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't. He was not. Anyway, we'll work out if he is. We'll do that on the Christmas show, but we continue with the WWE Awards. Most heated ever. And it is most improved. So, Jaxi, who's your most improved wrestler of the year? Um... I actually put Ty Conti, um, and it's not just for her wrestling um, uh, that I think that she's improved, but I think uh, her promo and her speech um, when she's coming across uh, and talking on the mic. Um, I think overall, her overall presentation, I think she's just been getting um, better and better. Each week we see her and progressing a lot more. So, uh, yeah, she's she's my pick. That's excellent. Monty, who are you going for? See, uh, Jax's pick is why I have three choices here, and I couldn't decide between them, so deal with it, Jeff. Anyway, Ty Conti, of course, I agree. I feel like she's improved. You really literally watch her in NXT, look at her now, you probably, Mm. it's like, it's crazy the difference. It's crazy the difference, in my opinion, in the ring, in like, in every way, in every way possible. Miro. I don't care what you say. I've been enjoying Miro a lot, way a lot more than when he wasn't on television. So that's improving. He improved from when he was not even on the, on television. Whenever they were doing the video game thing, I love you, Kip Saban, but I didn't. That that was a waste of Miro's talent because once he broke away and started doing his own thing, I think Miro definitely improved just throughout his run in AEW. He's obviously improved, and I think Bobby Lashley also. Bobby Lashley has been one of the most compelling people on television for most of this year. You got to think about all year, James. Like, anyway, like I was saying, so, Bobby Lashley, Almighty all Run was one of the most impressive runs, even when he didn't have nobody to fight. You know why? Because he cleaned everybody out. Let's go, Bobby Lashley. I got to support my boy. But, yeah, that's it. Most improved. That's it. Well, you made your point. So, we've got Conte and Lashley. 
Alma one picked Xavier Woods, I suppose, because of his uh, King of the Ring run uh, that he's doing, and of course trying to build up in the single competition makes sense. Uh, my most improved is a wrestler who does improve week in week out, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, and that's Bianca Belair. And when you think of her position at the start of the year in the Royal Rumble. And what she's doing now with promos, just on a weekly basis, you know, even with matches against Doudrop, she's knocking out of the park. And she's no doubt the most improved, you yep. know, there's, a, there's added shine to her. She is a superstar. Can I disagree with that? <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so, <laughs> Jaxie, comeback of the year. Um, and now, I... I... I want to put Brian Danielson, but is that an actual one? Because <laughs> I'm trying to understand like what you meant by comeback of the year. Is that just like returning to the promotion, or could it be someone like Brian Danielson who transitioned into a different promotion? Well, I'd say with Danielson probably count because Elton one put Morrissey, who's came into Impact as well and a kind of change of character from what we know, mm-hmm. the more serious side. So I suppose Danielson with the American Dragon character think, coming back. Yeah, definitely would choose him then. I mean, he's come across so well, managed to come into a new company as a face and immediately turn heel. And I've just, like, I just love this persona of him. I love this arrogance about him. I think he's just, he's just come into a new promotion and said, I want to do everything and anything. And he is doing exactly that. Um, just love everything he's doing right now. So he's my favourite comeback. No, oh, excellent, uh, Monty. What about you? Yeah, uh, I put CM Punk down mostly because not only because I just thought I don't know I couldn't think of really anyone else who really came back from something, but I also had to put Christian down there, Christian Cage, because I feel like he's going under the radar. Like he's having a pretty impressive comeback for someone who was also kind of told he can't wrestle or couldn't wrestle anymore and for someone I think he had a very impressive year in two two different promotions well, actually three right so because he, he actually had a match in WWE this year too I think so like three promotions this year Christian wrestled in so I think he had a, probably the most impressive even a more impressive comeback almost than CM Punk really but yeah. CM Punk and Christian are two people I thought of that's exactly I had Christian down because I thought there's no one who's kind of wrestled as good as he has on the comeback. Right. It's year. been very underrated, though. Like, a lot of people have been talking about other stuff, but I don't know why Christian hasn't been getting the... the he never really gets that attention, no. though, I guess, if you think about it. Not <laughs> Even he, though he deserves it. He's, he's always the second to edge. But, yeah, it's yeah. going to be CM Punk, because that is a return wrestling fans have been waiting for for yeah, X for so amount long. of years. Seven you know, years, eight, yeah. You know, there's no other really wrestler now that can come back that you know, would kind of fill that void. I guess Ryback coming out of retirement, you know, but um, <laughs> you, you never know. He can, he can stay. He can stay gone. He can stay. Uh, so, talking about Ryback, and if he hears me there, he probably blocked me on Twitter. So, we'll go to Tweet of the Year. Uh, and Tweet of the Year, for me, this might be quite difficult, because like you said, not everybody remembers the cesspool, which is Twitter sometimes, but we love you as followers. Uh, so, my one... Uh, it was, was pretty simple as well. I will put the Ultimate ones first, just in case. Uh, any lies WWE put out? <laughs> so, I would say... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. That's wrong. <laughs> just, he hates... 
he hates WWE. Um, all the lies that they put. Um, Jaxie, can you understand that? And what's your tweet of the year, if you have one? Um, I don't have one, but the only reason why is I must have missed that and missed seeing that one. So I um, I can't think of one off the top of my head right this very second. So I must have just missed seeing that as a as a potential option. That's fine. Look, because my one's quite easy. It's Cowboy Shit Day. Is when um, obviously saw Paige win the world title and then release on Twitter that is officially Cowboy Shit Day, which is always fun. Uh, Monty, I have two for you, so uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna be a little recent here because just the other day while that hour long match was going on, Big Swole tweeted, "Damn, that match was a bleasy and a half long. If you know, you know, because that was accurate. I agree, hundred percent. That was very, very accurate." But also that was that was that's a recency bias tweet because I loved it. It was just perfectly timed for me. Uh, but my actual pick is insert name has been released by WWE. That's my tweet of the year because that's literally what I saw <laughs> every other month. So insert name was released by WWE is the tweet. I think that's an excellent choice, especially uh, this year. Uh, well, we try and cheer ourselves up by going because we got holy shit moments, and of course we got holy shit good and holy shit bad. So we do holy shit good first and foremost. So what made you go holy shit? For me, uh, it was only one moment this year, and of course it was uh, Adam Cole showing up uh, at the pay per view, and then Brian Danielson making his debut the very same night. Unbelievable moments. Uh, what about you, Jaxie? What was your holy shit moment of the year? Yeah, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I've got written down here the uh, the, the double entrance of both Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. I mean, I don't think you can get a bigger moment than that, really, especially when they're two, two fan favourites. Well, we'll see, because Monty's usually goes against the grain. Who have you gone for? Oh. Yeah, I'm definitely going against the grain. Uh, holy <laughs> shit, uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s G1 climax was legendary. So yeah, that was. I mean, I wish I, I that to say that I watch it, but because I don't, um, I can't comment on that. But I'm gonna take your word for it and say that. Yeah, trust me, trust me. Holy, holy shit. shit. Yeah, just say it with me. Holy shit. No, to be holy fair. Shit. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, <laughs> I did see a bit of uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s. Uh, G1 and he was incredible performance. So I think he wrestled more than the end of a guy in the tournament as well. It was like half hour yes. matches, all about long matches as well. And he did beat Shingo as well, who's GP champion, if I'm right. Yes. Yes, I have. I Jackson, World I'm, learning. I'm learning. Oh, what's well up? I'm proud. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, <laughs> I have been listening, but uh, that's the holy shit good. Um, Ultimate One put Alistair, I say Alistair back, excuse me, Malachi Black. Malachi Black and his debut in AEW was his holy shit good of the year. Holy shit, mm-hmm. bad. Jackson, will we have the same bad moments? Who have you gone for as bad? Um, I actually did like uh, more of a serious one, and that was this, the Lance Archer ball. Um Ooh. Uh, because, you know, we haven't really seen him since. Uh, I incredibly miss uh, seeing Lance Archer on TV, and it was one of those moments that really did make me go, holy shit, is he okay? Um, so that's I true. That. And that's fair enough. Uh, Monty? 
Yeah, uh, I have two here. Uh, holy shit, another round of releases? And holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the first one. And holy shit, what, I'm, what the fuck am I watching on 2.0? <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, the biggest holy shit moment for me, bad, was at SummerSlam. And waiting for Bianca Belair to be in action. Uh, and yeah, Lynch. that's a good you one. Know, I didn't actually think of that. It's, you know what? Now that you say it, if, yeah. if I thought of that, then that would have been my holy shit moment. Yeah. I'll take back my 2.0 dig for that one, actually. <laughs> Can I take back my, my, my moment as well for it? Well, uh, that's the moment where uh, I couldn't believe it. Um, Ultimate One is not here to defend himself. But his holy shit bad was the inspiration winning the Impact Tag Team title. <laughs> oh, he was real mad about that, though. He was he definitely was mad about that. So that doesn't surprise me. I did all. not think it was that much of a big deal, but that defined his year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at how per- he, he he took that personal. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless. Let's <laughs> see. So up after that, well, we're going to continue with the kind of loved and hated because we've got the internet's most loved, the internet's most hated. So the internet loved. Uh, For me, it's the same as last year. It's AEW. AEW can do no (laughs) wrong on Twitter. And if you think you can say something about them, then we will find you and stand you down. Uh, I think (laughs) it's crazy. Um, Jack C, what's your uh, internet's most uh, loved this year? I mean, I feel like I'm Roman Reigns, really. He he can do no wrong. Everyone is just kind of a... I mean, he is him. the tribal chief. He is the tribal chief and everyone should acknowledge him. I acknowledge him from day one. Roman, give me a call. I'm always here. Just across the pond. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you were going to add anything to it. No, that's it. That is no, it. That's it's it. clear. Roman, Roman it. Reigns, no. Um, that is the same as the Albert One's choice. Of course, he, uh, Roman Reigns is the most loved. What about you, Monty? I, I'm going to be a little more recent here. But even before this dude even did a headlock, like, Hook was the internet's most loved. I don't know. I don't even understand it. It's a lot of hookers out here, bro. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It's a, it's a lot of hookers out here, man. But do you, do you think I, there's I, I don't a, know what it was, but there you go. Do you think Hook. there's a lot of hookers uh, and on streaming the cock? Do you think that's what's happening? Yeah, there's a lot of hookers <laughs> who are streaming the cock. I could probably say that I would be a hooker, but I'm not because I do not want to be a cougar either. And he is way too young. He's a little baby. See? And it is people who do not care about that. He is way too young for some of the stuff I've seen about Hook. <laughs> yeah, there were some questionable comments that made me made me think, what? Do you know how old this kid is? Yeah, some women do not care. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Hook, I, Hook can do no wrong. Yes. Hook can do no wrong. I think you're right. Hook. I mean, that debut was well unbelievable. All right. So, for most loved to most hated, um, oh well, Jaxie, what were you going to put for most hated? Who's the most hated person on the internet this year? Cody, hands down, Cody Rhodes. Cody, <laughs> that's it, right there. 
He can do so good, regardless as to whether or not want it or not. It really doesn't matter. The man freaking dyed his his hair back brown and he got (laughs) shit for it. Like, (laughs) this man breathes wrong to everyone on Twitter. He pinned a dude on fire the other week and people were just like, what what, what are you trying to prove, Cody? Listen, man's threw the belt back in the ring because none of them wanted it, yeah? Like, I don't know how much more you can get than that. Like, I don't... uh, Do you know what? Personally, I think I like Cody more because of how petty everyone is about him and how fucking petty this whole thing. Oh, He's doing so well. He's succeeding so well. We hate him for it. <laughs> that is literally it. I just, I couldn't. Like, I'm sorry. If I owned my own wrestling company, you best be damn sure I'm making sure I get into the title picture at some point. And the fact that you're going to hate me for it, bruv, I, I built this company from scratch. Sit and twist, you know? Sorry. <laughs> Cody gets all the hate. For no reason whatsoever, who just being Cody, so he wins it hands down. But when you said, "Oh, people hate him because they're successful and they're doing well," isn't that just like the internet? That don't they yeah. just hate yeah. anybody? That's the definition of the of the internet. That's <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. That's exactly how it goes. Uh, so, Monty, who's the most hated then on the internet? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think I didn't think about that. Maybe it's because personally, I don't necessarily hate Cody. I can understand. I can already see why it's going on. But yeah, I don't necessarily. Maybe that's why I didn't think about Cody like that. But Nick Khan, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't really. I, I'm not saying. I just he's been the guy who's been basically the culprit or blame for all of those horrible releases, all those horrible podcasts I had to try to do. <laughs> when everybody just lost, it. a lot of people lose their job, and you gotta try your Man best down. to, you know what I mean, Man not down. be pissed. Yeah, and then all the changes to NXT, and like I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not saying he. Everybody who's on internet most hated don't mean they don't necessarily deserve it. Mm. So you know, Cody may not deserve his hate, but I think a lot of the moves Nick Khan, a lot of things he said this year has rubbed a lot of people on the internet, and just a lot of people in the wrestling community. In general, wrong. So, yeah, I think he's got a lot of enemies. <laughs> yeah, people don't like him already, and I didn't. I don't even really know much about him. I really just really learned stuff about him this year. You know what I mean? And then he's just hated out of nowhere. I'm not gonna say it's undeserved, but yeah, it's just crazy to me. <laughs> well, I tell you, someone who likes him, and it's and it's someone who is universally loved. And the first time I heard it, is this guy actually got the problem? The Rock. Apparently, him and The Rock go back years. And The Rock's oh. he's a really nice guy. And actually, you know, he's a big wrestling fan. And I'm thinking... And everybody loves Dwayne. So well, he and gets, I'm thinking... He gets the it, friend pass or whatever. Is, is this the start <laughs> yeah. of the turn now for The Rock? Is this the start? Yeah. You know, like, he's on top. Yeah. And soon we'll be buying Scorpion King 5 from a local <laughs> garage, as it was, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers in. But some who's yeah. is just as hated is Vince McMahon. And again, he's the most hated yeah. man because no matter He was right up what, there with Nick. I, no, just, but, I just knew Nick, but he's right next to him, really. The thing is, is that Roman Reigns, you know, people say he's most loved, but they don't go, well done, Vince McMahon, for seeing Roman Reigns and putting him <laughs> in position and, and booking him as strong as you have. 
They go, fuck no, Vince McMahon. They only remember how much he did wrong at first. <laughs> yeah, like Bobby Lashley. He booked Bobby Lashley as a Horrible. Oh, Lord, and you remember Bobby's sister? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But this year, look at Bianca Belair. Look at all the positives. But it doesn't yeah. matter because it's Vince McMahon and it's easy to hate him. But don't you say anything about Tony Khan. Do you know what I mean? It's a very simple thing of Vince will take the shit all day long. And that's what you do, I suppose, like you said, when you're on top, as it is. Yeah. And it's not, you know, some of it is deserved. It's fair enough. Um, we move on to under-wrestler. This is always quite a good one. Most underrated wrestler. Jackson, who's the most underrated wrestler this year in the world? Mm, okay, so that it depends on how you look at it, right? Because, first of all, I've got Shayna Baszler written down because she's underused, underutilized, and therefore underrated, not by us, the fans, but by her own company. And that is just straight up wrong. So I do have her there. Um, I do actually have Lee Moriarty as well, because I think after his match with CM Punk, I think he's um, severely underrated for, uh, you know, the, the type of superstar he could become. No, that's just, so it would be Moriarty... Alongside Shayna, I had to. I had to have like a boy and a girl. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Ultimate one put Josh Alexander uh, as underrated. I suppose uh, some from Impact. Yes, the former Impact champion. Ah, Yeah, Um, yeah, I actually agree with that too. And Monty, who have you picked? I kind of agree with the way you just put that about Shayna with, when it comes to regards to Shinsuke Nakamura. And the only reason why I say that is because mm-hmm. I think the fans know that he's the king of strong style. He has the respect of a lot of fans because they know about his past, but he's never really been able allowed to be let loose. He's the Intercontinental Champion, and I swear he has not defended this belt. And I'm, I'm about to start a drinking game, guys. I promise you. <laughs> And if he continues to just stand backstage with the belt or walk out with boobs and have a random tag match and not defend the title, I'm just going to start getting drunk every week for SmackDown because I'm trying to figure out why they won't even let him wrestle or even act like they have a semblance of an intercontinental uh, scene right there. So I really feel like he's underrated or underutilized or underappreciated because he's a legend who could not necessarily, I'm saying he has to be a world champion, but I remember they were teasing stuff that he would do with Roman, and they just kind of went away with it at the beginning of the year or whatever. And just, you know, he's the Intercontinental Champion, yeah, that's fine. But without any defenses or any important storylines, what does it matter? All of his title reigns that he's had, United States, Intercontinental, they've had that similar thing going on. And I just feel like he's been severely underrated during his time in New Japan. I mean, not in New Japan, because I believe compared to his time in New Japan, he's been severely underrated by WWE because he just, I don't understand, not that he has to be a world champion, but at least wrestling and doing something of importance. I don't see why he's your Intercontinental Champion if you can't do that with him. That is true. Well, the two guys I'm going to pick, one of them is uh, Rahit Raju from Impact. And the thing is as well, after it for so long, with few wrestlers, you just think, is it because of the way they look? You know, is it because of Vermillion descent? If it looked, if you're a white male signed for AEW, you'd be known as the biggest yeah. going. Rahit Raju is the best heel, possibly in wrestling this year. 
because he's he's so cowardice. He doesn't have to be a cool heel, but he does all the little things. He attacks women from behind, for God's sake. And it's all the little stuff like he does right. that makes the character. And I think he just smashed it out of the park. And is it just because he's on impact or is it because, you know, Yeah, I was just about to say, I think the same thing with Josh Alexander. I think if these guys had a, pl- a bigger platform, man, like I don't see how you – some of these people in impact are undeniable, but they don't have the platform or, or you know, they don't get the – the headlines much because it's impact almost, in my opinion. I honestly believe that, but I think that's a real good pick. And my other one is a guy I believe can go really far in WWE, uh, Zach Gibson, uh, Grizzle Young Vets. His promos are <laughs> yeah. up on a level, where, and he can work consistently. If anybody me, go back and watch NXT UK, the, the second tournament where he wins – uh, with the, the Shankly Gates as well submission, there's so much more he can do as an individual, and I just think Poor every G-Y-E. week where the grizzled young vets are getting squashed uh, on NXT, it's just taken away a guy who could be really, really strong. Um, and like I said, the, the promos are up there with anything that I've seen this year as well, and just severely underrated and a great uh, wrestler. Uh, but that's under that overrated. Uh, Jax, who would you say is the most overrated wrestler this year? Um, I think we all know my answer is going to be Charlotte Flair. <clears throat> she just is way overrated. Um, she has good matches, yeah, but it that does that's no excuses to continuously just chuck the title belt on her. Um, I think that she's she is highly overrated, and and a lot of people just. You know, she can't. She is another one of those ones that can't do no wrong on in wrestling matches and on Twitter. Like everyone is just always so into her, and I'm just over her. I mean, that's a choice. I know you haven't been Charlotte's biggest fan. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I look at this guy as a legend, and. And uh, I appreciate a lot of the work, especially a lot of stuff he's done in the past. But, man, Matt Hardy and AEW for me, I don't know what it is. I think if – I'm not – maybe people may not rate Matt Hardy as high as I think of him in, in, my, in, um, in, you know, in my mind. But I feel like you at least expect more interesting things. And, like, I don't know what happened, but this is – it's just so confusing what they do with Matt Hardy. Like, do you understand that he's responsible for, like – three to four different tag teams <laughs> himself, and they all supposed to represent <laughs> him. And he's, he's been, he was following around Orange Cassidy for most of the year. Therefore, that means after the initial run of that storyline, I did not care about what Matt Hardy was doing for a big chunk of the year. So it's just <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, I feel like uh, what, they have, what they're doing is wasting Butcher and the Blade, wasting the potential of private party. Like I don't like I don't like how they're just random guys now. And Helico and Jack Evans were interesting for a minute, and then bow. Now they're in, in that family, and I be, and now they're just relative. Only time I see them is on Dark or whatever. So it it's, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I rated him too high in the first place. But Matt Hardy has been uninterested in, in AEW, and I think he can fix it. Maybe, but they gotta change some stuff because I don't like anything they do with Matt Hardy. When his music hit, I split. I think it'll be fair to say uh, one went Baron Corbin for uh, most. Over- That's a great course. tweet, but bummer ass Baron Corbin was interesting for a while. Yes, and then they and then they ruined it. The reactions <laughs> he can get as well, I think, are worthwhile. Yeah. 
Uh, my one is is going to piss everybody off, I think. Most overrated thing this year was Kenny Omega's AEW World Title reign. I, I, Whoa. I really just What did it accomplish? It could have been anybody. We just needed him to drop the belt to Adam Page. That's it. Nothing else was accomplished. Interference from the Good Brothers or recency bias stuff like this. Even the the impact stuff didn't work out. The caliber of matches that he put on to entertain enough. Like didn't didn't pay per views. He didn't. You know, he was what triple threat with Orange Cassidy in one pay per view, was it? And then it was it was saying else with someone else. I can't really remember. What was wrong with that? It was just, quality I can't remember match, his matches. What about the wasn't... quality? Of... You don't remember his matches. Like what? The, the half-hour draw that's about now because Paige and Brian did an hour. Like, you know. Recency <laughs> bias, yeah, man. People don't even believe recently. And I think. But at least they're even doing that type of booking. Like, WWE would rather continuously do roll-up pins just to actually continue on with this 50-50. 50 booking that they love. And like I said, and, and some people love the NWO booked Kenny Omega's world title reign, but others wanted to maybe see something different they didn't see 20 years previously. But that's, like I said, each of us is what it is, and I just think this <laughs> year we'll Kenny... I agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> I think I made a better case for Matt Hardy, but I, that's fine. <laughs> for me, <laughs> most overrated thing that this year was Omega, because you're just going, yeah, but people are going to say it's brilliant anyway. Oh, Even so you hated PWIs, Lee. Like, well, just like, wait till you hear my rest of the year. You wait until you hear that. Um, yeah. On that note, it is half time on the WNR Awards. And we were going to play a game, but the game was more fit for the Ultimate one because the new game was called Reaction. And the thing is, it was going to be two <laughs> minutes of talking. Uh, and the game is you come up with a subject yourself. <laughs> And it has to be said that you know is going to get reaction. But the the other players cannot react to it. If you if they do, you get a point. Do you understand the game so far? It makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, God. Yeah. So, kind well, of, yeah. Right. So the most controversial subject you can think that someone will definitely react to. So I'm going to start. Because <laughs> obviously. So if anybody reacts to it, I get a point. And after two minutes, whoever's got the least amount of points, I guess, is the winner. Is it fair enough? Okay. We're cool. going to try. If it fails, it fails. That's why new games on here are always fun to see if they work or not. So I've got two minutes on the clock for no reason. If you react, I get a point. And my subject, I should have really gone Kenny Omega's AWL title. <laughs> I think that would have worked. But I'm going to say Ric Flair is overrated. Um, by two minutes, we'll start now. Now, hopefully you guys won't react, because I don't know what you feel about Ric Flair, but obviously every day he's tarnishing his own legacy when it comes to certain things. But when you actually look back at Ric Flair, you think, was it really anything to begin with? I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, a couple of good matches with Steamboat, but apart from that, there was nothing really else. You had the Flair bump off the top, and then you're going, there's not really else added to it. I mean, anybody could really go an hour. We've seen that recent times as well. So it'll be interesting to see with Ric Flair. I'm getting nothing. That's good there. I like this. This is absolute. Have you turned your mics off? Is that what the trick is? No. How old do you think I am? <laughs> right. What do, you think, 
What can I change? Come on, man. I knew that would get. Do you know what Rick? Do you know what Rick Flair? I actually got to watch. (laughs) What Rick Flair did you get to? I only watched late 90s and 2000s Ric Flair. I'm not that offended. Now, if I was watching 80s heyday Ric Flair and I was that familiar, maybe I would be hurt. I would say I failed at that one there. That would be fair to say. Yeah, that would work. Fair enough. Work work the room. (sighs) All right, Monty, you're up next then. And you've got to come up with a subject that's going to get reaction. But don't worry, the silence is deafening. True. So whenever I don't ready... think mine is gonna work, but whatever. I'm just gonna go. Right, ready? ready? Tell me your subject, and I'll start the clock. Hulk Hogan's leg drops sucked. Oh, I heard something. What was that? Did, was I tripping? I didn't hear nothing. Somebody lying. Anyway, it don't matter. Yo, besides that, Xavier Woods did a leg drop off the top rope last night that I swear was better than any leg drop I've ever seen Hulk Hogan do. That's another spoiler. <laughs> I forgot y'all didn't watch that show. I just forgot that. That fast. Anyway, besides that, uh, you know, the leg drop is one of the worst feelings of ever. I think this is very easy, and I know this ain't really controversial to say. I mean, I could acknowledge the elephant in the room, but that's just too easy of a pot shot at this point. Plus, the Iron Sheet got me covered. He got something to say about Hulk Hogan every day, and I love every second. I try to retweet most of them as much as possible. I want to bury Hulk Hogan every day, every chance I get. I look at, I think I, I literally had my background be Booker T staring at him that time when he showed up after, like you know that you know that growl that Booker T had. It was perfect. I, it was the perfect meme to just how everybody should look at Hulk Hogan for the rest of his life. I'm sorry. I got nothing really good to say about Hulk Hogan. But, oh, Matt Hardy jumped off a cage, fucked up his tailbone, y'all, for our entertainment with a leg drop that was much better than any leg drop Hulk Hogan ever did. Hulk Hogan replaced all of him hips for one of the worst finishing moves i ever seen in my life. And I didn't get nothing from y'all, but I think I definitely got some smiles I, at the end of the day. Even if I didn't get nothing verbally, I, I heard something at the beginning. Somebody playing with me. <laughs> well, and that was me because I agreed with you. I as soon as you said, <laughs> "Come on now," that's one point. <laughs> I agree with everything right. you said. That's why I didn't want to interrupt. All right, all right, Jaxie, you have got well. I say two minutes. You got about a minute and a half. Come up with a subject that I... someone has to react to. This is, I, I feel like um I feel like I'm not going to do very well because if like I'm put on the spot like this and I and I wish I would have uh, had a bit more time because I would have found something that would have been probably a lot more highly controversial. But we'll try. Well, we'll try probably... again for the four hundredth. But and I've got one more okay. I want to try today. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go with the obvious, which you all know is always going to come from me, which is Charlotte Flair is overrated. Uh. She's kind of been there, done that, ticked everything off her list. She she has the same repetitive type of compelling argument. I'm a flair. I deserve this. I deserve that. It's all about her. Uh, her, you know, you just never know if she's like face or heel. Um, so every sort of role that she's been in has not been anything new. It's not anything exciting, in my opinion. I just don't really think that a lot of her points when she's actually arguing with other uh female wrestlers i don't think any of her points are valid (laughs) i don't agree with some of them 
I think she's a great wrestler, but I think she's just put over way too much. So there's nothing left for her to do. So she bores me. So that's my compelling argument. Yeah, well, like I said, not not a bad attempt. Not a bad. Right, my last one that I'm going to try right now. (laughs) It's not going to work, but we're going to do it. Um, Why women's wrestling is boring, right? Do you ever find women's wrestling just so... Usually I'll just go for a drink or something to eat when the the girls come out or the divas, as it was. And and the thing is, we don't have good bra and panties matches anymore, do we? Do you remember the time where it was all about TNA? And now what is it about? Like athletic things. Give me a short 10-second match just with preferably just a couple of blondes because we all know gentlemen prefer blondes. And I think most of the greatest women, I don't want to call them wrestlers because I like to look at them. Uh, I'll probably, you know, okay, gone... <laughs> oh my God. I can't even do you did that on purpose. I can't even deal with the misogynistic commentary that's coming out right now. You have to stop. Otherwise, me and you are going to break friends, James. I, I know that is not how you feel, but you took oh. that just out of me. And that He's was worth for this damn game. Oh. I'll take that loss. I wanted to say something so bad. <laughs> the minute he brought up from Tranties, I was just like, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I knew what he was doing, though, so I was like, I gotta let this go. I gotta let this go. I was gonna do it, but then, yeah, the, you got the better of me there, James. You went. Reaction. There you go, the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was going to get one out of me then. <laughs> oh, God. I had to work hard. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So more of that on the Dubinar 400 where we can come up with a couple of really horrible subjects. <laughs> Man, I hope I just offended a whole Hogan fan somewhere. Yeah, well, I guess I'm properly offended. <laughs> well, as long as it's just not like Chris Benoit was innocent, we should be all right. But like I said... Oh, I wanted to go there, but I tried to have taste. I tried to have taste. <laughs> that was my next one. Oh, I had... Oh, now that you've said that i've got a really good one about vicky guerrero it would have been great <laughs> well like i said more than 400 but we will continue with the Turn angle call Charmel a good or slit why didn't i think about that one <laughs> <laughs> we move on i was now. just trying to make y'all laugh man i honestly was <laughs> just like let me see if i can bear hulk hogan and make someone <laughs> chuckle well you did you did well well, there we go. So back to the WNR Awards. Uh, it's halftime is over, and we've just had a new game. And the first award up after the break is a WNR favourite. It's the Johnny Gagano Award for most punishment taken in a match. Of course, what is Johnny Gagano way, way back uh, after in takeover, where not only did the Authors of Pain beat them for the tag team titles, but Tommaso Ciampa did indeed turn on him and destroy him in the process. So quite a big award. Uh, Jaxie, who gets the Johnny Garner award for you? Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and go for uh, Eddie Kingston. I think Eddie Kingston's just gone and taken a lot of punishment this year, but I think he also is addicted to the pain. I think he goes for a lot of uh, hard, hard street matches. Um, or matches that will just put him in harm's way, um, and that's how he likes it. Unhinged, 
Mad King, Eddie Kingston. It was an excellent choice there with Eddie. Monty? Yeah, I, I originally wrote down any Darby Allen match, but also apparently on Twitter yesterday with Cora Jade also. He now he took some damage in that uh, uh, yeah. in that situation too. So uh <laughs> But yeah, any Darby Allen match. He's he's addicted to taking damage. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a good one. Uh Old McWan did put Moxley again, it's the same situation if you look at his matches with Archer yep. and Suzuki this year. Uh, really, really good stuff. Mine is just the uh, one incident, and I think the person that, for me, deserves the Johnny Gunn Award for most punch for taking the match is Cody Rose for his arm still being on fire when he goes yep. for the cover. I was dope. <laughs> Never great. seen that before in my life. Never seen it before in my life. He pinned someone while on fire, and they still booed him. <laughs> yeah, they still booed him. He, not only does he win the most hated but also the Johnny Gagano. So at least we'll be a bit happy when he listens back to this. Uh, but of course, that is Johnny Gagano. And we move on to Move of the Year. Now, Move on the Year is one of my favourites because, I mean, back in the past, Tyler Bate with the, the clotheslines. And last year looked Leon Ruff, and that did him well for 2021. Um, but my one this year has got to be Ray Phoenix and running the ropes. And he runs the ropes as fast as I do just running uh so when you can do that it is very very impressive and it leaves me uh all inspired by him as well so ray phoenix running the ropes uh what about you jacksy um so i i've got the buckshot lariat oh i think it's it just looks devastating when it connects can't argue with it that's great that's real <laughs> Like I said, an excellent, excellent move. Uh, Ultimate One picked the Canadian Destroyer, a move that's been around for a while and kind of changed. We've seen versions of it with Code Red as well, but the Destroyer itself, done by Pete Williams, is still a sight to behold. What about you, Monty? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm physical, man. I, Shingo Takagi's combo that finishes most of his match, the Pumping Bomber, which is also a Larry, but he, he runs full speed to the ropes take your head off and then pick you up for the last of the dragon, which is one of the best finishers in new Japan this year, beat a lot of people this year with that combination. And anytime Shingo Takagi is in the ring, he's going to finish the match most likely with a pumping bomber that leads to a last of the dragon. So those were my, that's my move. It's like a combo. They come as a package deal. He may give you three or four pumping bombers, but best believe a last of the dragon will finish the match. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we move on to one to watch. Uh, I don't want to toot my horn too much, but I did look back at who I picked, thinking they would be released. And uh, my two one to watch is for Shotzi Blackheart and Austin Theory. So don't mind if I'm a little bit smug. Uh, Jaxie, yeah. who are you going to pick for your one to watch of 2022? Um, I actually have gone with Jamie Hater. Um, I think that she has got a lot of potential to to get pushed far in AEW if done right. Um, you know, we've already seen some potential tension between uh, her and Brett Baker come through. Um, it could be her year come 2022 if, if she's booked properly. Uh, so I've gone with her. Yeah, it's another one who I'm seeing more and more, you know, week in, week out, going, yeah, you're improving and it looks quite good, especially under Baker at the moment in time as well. Uh, Monty, what about your one to watch? Yeah, well, my one to watch was, of course, 
DA champion in NXT 2.0, Carmelo Hayes. I feel like he's going to have an even bigger year than what he's already ending out this year on. As North, he's North American champion now. Who knows? He could be you know, the next NXT champion or a NXT champion before next year is over. And uh, also, possibly on the main roster before you know it. You never know. I think Carmelo Hayes proved that, you know, he definitely don't miss. And I think Damian Priest, they've hidden it out the park so far, what they're doing him on the main roster. I feel like it's only up from here with Damian Priest. He can be definitely in that world title picture that we see, that fatal four-way building, those four guys they're building raw around. Priest can be in that picture uh, before around this time next year. Priest could definitely be challenging for the WWE title around Big E. So uh, I, I got to think he's definitely one to watch. I think that's nice that 2.0 got mentioned there as well. Uh, we've got one to watch for Ultima One is, of course, uh, Danny Garcia in uh, AEW. And, of course, Vessel in Japan as well. Very good pick. Of course, Vessel seeing Punk this year. My my two, one of them's a guy I've been really enjoying. Alex Coughlin, uh, obviously, New Japan Strong. Uh, just the uh, moustache for me. I'm always a fan. Look at Tyler Bate. Look at you know James Slate. Look at the history of wrestlers. Uh, but he's a guy who's built like a brick shit house. He's got yeah. the kind of look about him. He's fantastic as, as a wrestler uh, as well as everything else. And I just believe if he finds that right character, there's a guy that could you know do really really well in professional wrestling in the next ten or fifteen years. Uh, and my other one, it's probably no surprise whatsoever uh, to Monty that I've gone for him, but I had to. It is Sam Gradwell. And again, yeah. talk about another monster. <laughs> I mean, he might call people yogurts, but they deserve to be called yogurts <laughs> when he's, he's that size and he's that good. And I do believe that he can come and roar with that character and really do quite well of himself as well, you know? Yeah, Gradwell's cool. He cracks me up. I can't lie. He cracks me up. Just the other day on NXT, it, him and Charles Samuels, and he goes, come on in, you yogurt, and you get sharp, you mug. You don't get it anywhere else. And I just think with Gradwell on the main roster as well would be a hell of a fun. Uh, and we speak of one to watch. Well, what about better off last year? <laughs> Who is in a, oh, put in a better position? I mean, probably about 80 wrestlers. But uh, Jaxi, <laughs> who are you saying was better off last year? Um, I actually put uh, Shayna Baszler and Drew McIntyre. I think that even though Shayna wasn't in any more of a better position than she is right now, at the same time, at least she was a tag champion with Nia Jack. Uh, she's now like kind of just uh, Sonya's hired muscle. And Drew McIntyre <laughs> is chasing after Happy Corbin and his little protege because they stole his sword. I just... Like, they were both in such great position. Uh, well, I mean, Drew McIntyre was in a much better position. I think yeah. when it comes to Drew, he will be in a better position in a couple of months. It feels like he's just kind of... Yeah, well, yeah. right now, he's just chasing around happy for him. That's what I'm saying. Wasting time at this moment in time. It's a bit sad to see. And as I said, the same with Baszler. Um, Ultimate One put Moose. And he's the Impact World Champion. So I don't know how... <laughs> How much better can he get to that? Yes, last year he wasn't champion, but again, it's your own choices. I'm not here to uh, pick into a no. Um, Monty, who's better off last year for you? Although the future is bright, there's nobody who was more better off last year, in my opinion, than Keith Lee. Like, oh my goodness! Like, I saw in October 
Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano were promoting a toy for Keith Lee's NXT run for NXT. They're promoting a toy. Just think about it and think about where we are now. So, uh, yeah, like you said, one of those 80 wrestlers I think you were talking about. But Keith Lee, was, I was, I think I probably would have – I think if you would have asked me last year who I thought was one to watch, he probably was there. And <laughs> And now, you know, he has no one. It's nowhere for, to us to watch him. But like I said, the future is bright right now. So I think he'll be fine as time goes on. So I can't wait until that return finally happens, wherever it is. But, uh, yeah, I think Keith Lee was definitely better off. I think that's a great shout. My one is, well, let me take you back to two years previously. And you said to this wrestler, in 2022, you will face the WWE Hall of Famer at WrestleMania and beat them for the Universal Championship. Then go feud with a guy that you've known for many, many years in the same group. Uh, and it will be like, you know, what's not a bad year. No, it's great. And then previous, no, no last year, what's going to happen to me this year? And they go, look, you're going to be in a WrestleMania match against McMahon, and then you're going to be on paper fighting for the uh, WWE yeah. Championship. And gonna, he's going to say, what about afterwards? He go, don't, don't worry about that. You know, it'll be fine. Uh, and unfortunately, it wasn't for him. And I think the person in a much better position last year than he was now is Braun Strowman. Now, don't get me wrong. I know he's looking fantastic on social media. But I think to the, the what he was getting paid in WWE compared to what he can get on the independent scene is, is a massive, I think, drop-off. And I don't think AEW will be paying what WWE are paid for him either. So at this moment in time, like I said, I understand but he easy through the field of narrative, but I just think Strowman, that is a WWE guy, and not in that position, I think it's very, very strange, and I think he was better off last year. Yeah, I can't That's argue really with good. that. Yeah, you've got a good point. Alright, so now we're going to move on to the big ones. These are the, the big, hard-hitting WNR awards, and uh, we've got two very similar, but they are different for the some reason. So we got storyline of the year first. <laughs> so storyline of the year and then we've got rival of the year. They are different, trust me. Uh so my yeah. storyline of the year is gonna be if anybody else has got this, this is great. But mine is LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. <laughs> that is my storyline for the uh million dollar championship. Monty look, I'm not gonna explain. How much did I love that? Yeah, it was awesome. I, I loved it. I know you definitely loved it. It was just, and I think, yeah, everyone who got a chance to actually appreciate it, the matches, everything that came along with it, probably definitely enjoyed that. I think the thing that kind of ruined it for me was just how it ended and then what everything happened after this. Like, that's one of the last great moments of black and gold. You see what I'm saying? And that's still a sore subject for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, the, and the face... Was was excellent, but it was situation. great. It was awesome. Yeah, the hill, uh, the, the roles they played in each. There was nothing nice or nothing like about LA Knight, which is incredible when you think about <laughs> what they're trying to do with him now. And Grimes, yeah. and both men. The whole point of a feud, or as it, this is the storyline, is for both men to be in a better position once the storyline is over. And that's exactly yeah. what happened uh, with the. It's not their fault then they got booked shit afterwards it's where they were at that point both men started off mid-carders and ended as main eventers in my eyes and that's the storyline that definitely paid off uh jackson what are you going to say storyline of the year um i actually put hangman pages sort of a uh, whole 
the whole storyline, you know, kind of yeah. like his redemption, really. That's what I called it. Like, um, you know, hit him kind of going on a real downer, um, excluding himself and, you know, like from his from his social network and his friends, um, and then coming back and actually getting that win. Um, so I put that as the storyline of the year. That's an excellent yeah, choice. I, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the storyline of the year. I think I don't think you can tell the storyline of this year in wrestling. You can't even talk about AEW without mentioning that story that they've been telling with Hangman. You know, throughout mm-hmm. these months that just culminated. You know, uh, at Full Gear. So that, yeah, it. I think it was one of the best stories that has been weaved together in wrestling in a while, and I think you can't tell the story of this year without mentioning it. So I, I think it's, it's a good pick. That's my pick for storyline of the year, too. Yeah, um, I will say that is excellent. That is one of the choices on there uh, alongside... Um, like we said, we had a few of them as well. Reigns versus Brock was the old one's choice. Of course, with a storyline involved there as well. Uh, and very That's similar... Yeah, very similar to rivalries and storylines um, because Omega with a belt collector and also Omega, uh, sorry, not Omega, with uh, Will Ospreay uh, being the real champ as well. They're involved with storylines there. So that's not too bad. But um, rivalry of the year, for me, there's only one. The other one put Alexander versus TJP, which delivered a fantastic Ironman match uh, on TV, which is really, really good stuff. Jaxie, who would you say is your rivalry of the year? Okay, so I'm going to go with, this is just very personal to, uh, personally my choice, not a fan favourite maybe, but my rivalry of the year is Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa. I can't get enough of watching those two and I'm itching to like see this rivalry continue um, and ultimately accumulate in a title change between the two women. Um, I, I just love what those they've both brought. Yeah, I think without that, like said, the match matches that they have is just magic and obviously we're waiting for that pay-per-view encounter to really like the touch yeah. paper as well you know mm-hmm. definitely i agree with that one i just i thought since it hasn't really culminated i i thought that you know i saved that one uh in in you know but i definitely think it's a good pick but you know i, I couldn't think about this year without thinking about like a rivalry when i was thinking about edge and self Rollins. i thought Everything they did, every match that they had was almost perfection. And I think you can look at those matches and put them up against anything anyone else did this year. And anytime Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay have ever fought, it's been great. But this year, over the world title in these specific circumstances, even though the year kind of threw a monkey wrench in a lot of that. But I think Shingo, I cannot mention rivalries without mentioning Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay. And just anytime they're in the ring, and uh, I'll talk more about Shingo as we continue. But yeah, uh, Edge and Seth Rollins was definitely one of the strongest rivalries. I think you can put their matches up against anything that happened this year, and I don't see how you can tell me it doesn't. It pales in comparison if you see what I'm saying. I thought it was some of the strongest stuff WWE did this year. Oh no, those those three matches are fantastic. You know, like I said, the yeah. Madison Square Garden, the setting of them as well. Some Slam Madison Square Garden, of course, uh, like we had Hen in the Cell as well. Really stuff. But I think my uh, rival of the year has got to be, like we talk about, it's really weird because this year we've had, for me, two stories and two rivalries that have, have bled into the other year. We've had Paige and Omega, of course, AW, and for me, Volta Vesia Dragunov. 
and the storyline yeah. of Ia uh, having to get the job done uh, and going against this big bad and thinking he can't do it and this monster within and everything behind it and and the w- even the way he won the match just kind of killing Volta as it was just not snapping his neck. <laughs> Uh, yeah. was fantastic for me. So I've got to say that is a rivalry of the year between these two because I could watch those two go all day long. Mm. Uh, so we'll move on. And this is quite a big one now, of course, with AEW. Uh, tag team of the year. Jackson, who is your tag team of the year? It's got to be Lucha Bros. The, the, the matches that they've just been continuously putting on this year has just been... Um, an amazing presentation of what exactly it is that they can do and the skills and the talent that they both possess as individuals, as a, as an ultimate tag team, even as a trios tag with Pac. Um, they they always amaze me every time they come out. They have this commanding presence and overall they've just been just showcasing themselves so well. They have to be there. Yeah, I think they have been... For me, the best tag team of the year as well. Uh, I really enjoy watching Lucha Bros. Of course, the, ca- the cage match for the Young Bucks. It's just everything that they've done has brought together, mm. especially Penta and Ray Phoenix, and what they can do in the ring individually and then together as a team. I think for me, I might tag team of the year as well. Uh, Monty, do you agree? Yeah, I agree 100%. I wrote them down. The only other team that even came close in my mind was really the Usos, but I, I was just like, you know, mm-hmm. well, when, when Jimmy kind of showed up midway, I think, through the year, I think, because, like, it was only Jay at the beginning, if I, I'm sure. So, like, you know, so I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. And the New Day been off and on also. So it's like, okay, well, you got to – it's just I don't see anyone else. Like, I, the Young Bucks can get mentioned, but the Lucha Bros, in my opinion, definitely overtook them and just showcased top-notch and still showcasing it all the time, every week. You, when they come out and you know that match is coming on, you know Ray Phoenix is about to do something absolutely unbelievable. You know their timing is going to be impeccable. You know Sierra, Sierra Mieto is coming. So at the end of the day, it's just a whole, whole experience every time they're out there, and it's always enjoyable. So I love the Lucha Bros. I have no problem with them being the tag team of the year. Yeah, I have to agree, though, um, that, you know, Usos for me were, were kind of uh, – I, I was toying with putting them first just because of – you know, not only their overall unity as, as as brothers and stuff, but you know what they what they do bring into the ring and, and the amount of energy they br- bring to each match. But yeah, yeah ultimately, I feel I still feel Lucha Bros has has just gone above and beyond this year. Yeah, I think with that, I think you got to agree. Like I said, Lucha Bros and AEW have been the best tag team. Usos in WWE, and that's why I call the yeah. other one when uh, FTR is his tag team of the year. Uh, but that's fine. Like I said they've been doing really, really good FTR stuff. Is very uh, good and, and should be up there within the you know top five at least. Well, anyway, alongside Young Bucks, Young Bucks should definitely be up there too. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, so now we move on to male wrestler of the year. Yes, we do a male, we do the women, then we do the overall wrestler as well. So man of the year. Monty, who's his male wrestler of the year? My guy has not lost since 2019. The Tribal Chief is the man of the year, man. He's undefeated, just unstoppable. No one has even come in close. Like I said, some of the most compelling television. The only thing that WWE for the most part, has not screwed up is the presentation of Roman Reigns. Even when things don't make sense, like, 
you know, other than like really the Finn Balor moment, that finish, I don't really think I had a problem with anything they've really done with Roman for for a while now. And like to kind of hear Chicago give him that love when you know, like last just the other night, another spoiler alert from last night, he got a lot of love from the crowd. So like, yeah, like hearing that and hearing him get appreciated like that, like somebody because he was never the problem. Anybody, anytime you add up people booing Roman Reigns, they can say whatever they want. I don't think Roman was ever the problem. How they presented him, yes, but they have finally knocked that out of the park. This man is undefeated. I don't see how anybody else can be the man of the year other than Roman Reigns. Jaxie, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, Roman was my my choice as well um, that I've got written down. Um, first of all, I just have to say another spoiler alert. He looked damn sexy last night. Um, <laughs> It was the those facial reactions. It was the way he got out the other side of the car. Like, yes. that dominating presence. I'm here for it. Like I said, Roman, give me a call. I'm free. <laughs> Whenever you want to jump over the other side of the pond, give me a call. <laughs> um, he, he, the, guy, the guy can do no wrong on, on Twitter, in the ring. Um, as, as Monty said, uh, you know, Chicago were loving him when he's supposed to be a heel. I will never actually boo him. I will acknowledge him. He is my tribal chief, and he is the man of the year. Well, acknowledge him, James. No, that's fair enough. Uh, Kenny Omega is Ultimate One's pick for Male Rest of the Year. And my one is a guy, and again, it's quite weird. I don't think ever we've had someone who could be seen as underrated and also Rest of the Year, but this is what's happened. Because my Rest of the Year is Josh Alexander. I think there's another guy that I've seen have a better wrestling year than him with what he done with the X Division. I thought this was man. Okay, that's fine. What CJP? Is this man or wrestler? It's his man, but he, he, like I said, he's been my okay, man of fine. the year. Okay. I'm not judging you. Go ahead. Yeah, well, shut the fuck up. He's my man. Is there what I want to put? His matches have been fantastic. Every single time he goes in the ring, he delivers. Whereas it would be wrestlers against a or whether he'll go to New Japan just to have a couple of other matches as well. Just always, always delivers. Fantastic mixture of a Kurt Angle and a kind of Chris Benoit with a style. And now he's got the storyline to sink his, sink, sink his teeth into next year as well. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> he is the man of the year for me, Josh Alexander. Right, we'll move on to Women of the Year. Monty, who are you going to go for? Bianca Belair, hands down. Easily. No one better. Like you said, you say most improved. I say Bianca has always had it, and she just finally got a chance to show everybody what she can do with proper booking and proper presentation. You know, uh, all of us was not saying sad and saying holy shit about her losing the belt that way for no reason. Nobody was presented better. I don't think they booked anyone better this year as a uh, as a woman in the company and i think wwe has probably the strongest women roster i put you know overall if you just count everything so i just i, I kind of value what they do with the women a little bit more not to take shots at any other company but yeah even more than AEW at this point and i think bianca is the best woman consistent was the best woman consistently for most of this year even without the belt She's the most, like you mentioned earlier, she's the most compelling thing. Even like when Becky, it's not just Becky. I remember at, at a time or uh, when like Charlotte was on Raw, it was just Charlotte who had attracted attention for the most part. 
Other people deserve the attention, but Charlotte was the main focus of that show for a while this year. Now, when it's there, it's not just Becky's segment that's important. People are coming to see Bianca also, and I just love that. And I think it's a testament to her hard work and just how great of a year that she's had. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Bianca Belair is my woman of the year as well. Jaxie? Uh, surprisingly, she's my woman of the year too. Um, I do not have anything else to add. I think Monty really summed it up well. Uh, why? It's nice we all can agree on Bianca Bella. That's why Ultimate One went to Yana Parazzo. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to agree. We haven't agreed on anyone. I'm yet. trying my best not to not to disrespect Impact fans, but that's fine. No, Parazzo has been brilliant, <laughs> but Belair. Perazzo, no, she's great. No, yeah, she's great. Fantastic. But like I said, Belair was there. Right, let's see if we can agree on one thing. Our pay-per-view of the year. I- I'm pretty sure we can. I've looked at balls as well. No, they are we can't. Scored. All right, Jaxie, first up, what is your pay-per-view of the year? All Out AEW. Yeah, right. My one is All Out AEW. Ultimate <laughs> one is All Out AEW. Monty, yes, it is down to you. WrestleMania 31 night one. <laughs> yeah. Are you actually serious, Monty? I don't have recency bias. I enjoyed that night. I was drunk as hell and everything went perfect. Bianca became champion. She beat her with a braid. Ah, oh, it was beautiful. Come on, man. I don't care. I don't got recency bias. And also, I'm just going to be honest. It would be all out. It would be all out. But I didn't actually buy the pay-per-view. I was cheap. I'm sorry. I didn't buy that one. And I should have, but I honestly didn't buy it. So, AEW fans, come destroy me. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, if I didn't watch it, I can't say it's my pay-per-view of the year. I'll put four year above it because I actually watched fight To actually give you shit. And giving them the rights to give you shit because that <laughs> is probably the pay per view you should have paid for. WrestleMania 31 Night One. <laughs> Take, go, let's travel back in time, people. It was an exciting night. It had a rain delay. Ain't nobody else have a rain delay. <laughs> I never thought WrestleMania 37 would be all that. Drew and, Drew and Bobby it. Lashley was fucking slipping in the water. <laughs> oh my god. Bad bunny. Bad bunny. <laughs> Bad bunny <laughs> killed it, bro. But Nito. Wow. Wow. I am Monty. Y'all have no appreciation, bro. Y'all just y'all recent. You have shot me. I knew it. I was ready for it, too, because I knew everyone was going to say all that. I'm like, bro, I did not buy this pay-per-view. I could not say it's the best if I didn't watch it. I don't care if it was the best. Y'all got lucky. Of course, the one pay-per-view I don't buy is the best one. Screw off. Now I just feel sorry for you, Mom. Alongside the rest of us and enjoyed the epicness that was all out. You missed that. WrestleMania 31. That might be my favourite moment of the WWE. I'm saying 31 for some reason. I, I don't know, know why. 37 part one. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter the number. You know what I mean? My God. So, no, we're not going to agree on the awards. We've only got two left now. So, the penultimate one. I would not be converted. Match of the year. Uh, Jaxie, what is your match of the year? So I don't know if this is going to be a popular choice, but my match of the year was the steel cage match between the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. Um, that was one that I really woke up my uh, neighbours on both sides being in the UK. I definitely woke them up. I could not contain my excitement. 
um, and I could not control it. <laughs> well, some can be bothered to watch the pages. <laughs> no, it's a phenomenal match. Like I, I heard, it was a good night. I heard it was a good in night in a cage match for those half hour. <laughs> was fantastic. What a match yeah. that is, uh, Monty. What are you going to go for? I mean, that match was with all the dirt sheets said, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> just have to just I, didn't, I didn't watch it, so I can't. I can't rate it anyway. <laughs> Walter versus Dragonoff is easily my pick for the match of the year. But I ain't gonna do this without mentioning Osprey and Shingo from Wrestling Duntaku, uh in Japan. Look it up. Anytime Osprey and Shingo fight, is better than any match you've probably ever seen. Go check it out. And Bianca and Sasha Banks. I say I mentioned it earlier. I was drunk. She hit her with a braid. So it's weird. It was loud too. It's weird. It's, you've picked Walter versus Aya, but you mentioned Shingo versus Osprey. Shingo versus is the ultimate one's pick for match of the year. And my match of the year, I don't think it's any surprise. It is Walter versus the Air Dragon off. And like I say, watch it before you bring it. Just watch it, and then if you yeah. don't like it, that's fair enough. But watch it first because it is. The match of the year, without a doubt, in my mind. In your opinion. In my mind, it <laughs> is. But the thing is, what makes it such a great match, and why it should this should have been for Paige and Omega, but it wasn't, because you had to build up to that match, as you did with this one, <laughs> a year and a half, couldn't get the job done against him, finally waiting for this moment, and he delivered it, and like I said, in a five-star epic as well, and the hero wins. That was me done at this point in the year. And like I said, for me, match of the year as well. So finally, we have got overall wrestler, male and or female, can be both, I don't mind. Who is your overall wrestler of the year? Jaxi, we finish, and but we start with you. Um, so this is probably going to be one that annoys you, but my overall wrestler is Kenny Omega. Um, every single match that hang he on, was hang part on. of. But your, your man of the year wasn't Kenny Omega. No, it was Roman Reigns. Yeah, but surely your overall then should be Reigns, not Omega. Um, really? <laughs> well, I'm I just mean, saying. Don't listen to him. Why does it have to be that? I mean, otherwise you would have just uh, messed <sighs> those two into exactly. the same category. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're talking about Man, yes, Roman Reigns is sexy as fuck. I love him. I will acknowledge him. Wrestler of the year. If I'm talking straight up wrestling matches, overall, wrestling he he. In terms of like just the level of the level of matches he's had, the uh, excitement that is brought, and things like that. Yes, wrestler of the year, Kenny Omega. I will have two separate choices. Thank you. It's fine. I I you agree with the ultimate one. Kenny Omega is both your wrestlers. Of the year, take that as you like it, uh, Monty. <laughs> yeah. well, why are you keep burying Kitty Omega? Oh what does Kitty do? He hates the V trigger. I know for a fact that you hate I the V trigger. Have you noticed all of Omega's matches are the same? It's just like V trigger. Oh my god, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's true. It's true. No, Let's not go this, James. We're going to go. We're going to go. Monty, overall wrestler, please. This is sick. Anyway, <laughs> I I couldn't do this without mentioning. So these got, people are not my picks, but I'm going to mention all of them. Bianca, Belair, obviously, Bobby Lashley, 
Big E deserves mention. Zack Saber Jr. And I cannot do this without mentioning Kenny Omega. He ain't my wrestler of the year, but I can't do this. I'm not gonna bury him like James is doing for some reason. I don't even understand the beef. But Kenny Omega definitely deserves to be mentioned. But my picks are like I always mentioned. He's, he's voted the MVP by Tokyo Sports. Shingo Takagi. The only thing, like if you if you just want a review of New Japan in 2021, just type in Shingo's name on New Japan World and watch every match he had this year. He has been that type of guy. It just doesn't matter what he's doing. Uh, I'm serious. Any important match, especially these title matches that he's had, specifically with Osprey, specifically with Okada, specifically uh, with Zack Sabre Jr., check those out. Even with Ishii, also another classic match. But anyway, uh, Shingo Takagi uh, is definitely my pick for overall wrestler. And I can't mention this. My other pick that I couldn't decide between is Brian Danielson. No one has wrestled more. Both promotions. All, if you go all the way back to his farewell match, before his farewell match, I think the, the triple threat at Mania, the match before that, I think, to get in that match. <laughs> then his farewell match on SmackDown. And then everything he's done since he became came to AEW, basically wrestling every week that he possibly can, stretching everybody out, having some of the best matches. Just in taking Including over the world by storm in two promotions. Suzuki. Right, exactly. Exactly. Brian Danielson has been doing his thing through multiple promotions, and I don't see how you can doubt him as overall wrestler of the year candidate also. So him and Shingo Takagi are both my wrestlers of the year. Well, my overall wrestler of the year is someone who, at the Royal Rumble, uh, not only showed out, but actually you know, won the thing. WrestleMania main event in the very first night, well, main evented it, came out with a championship, had the holy shit moment at SummerSlam was Soul Survivor. Survivor Series, there's no doubt, person I've been the most impressed with overall this year, it ain't Kenny Omega, it's Bianca Belair, overall wrestler of 2021. And much deserved, I will say. So that is the seventh annual Darwin Awards. Uh, how do you guys feel? First off, Jackson, what do you think about the choices and the overall theme? Because at some time, it got a little bit heated. Well, I mean, it's definitely been a very insightful awards um, tonight. You know, <laughs> finding out that you've got some form of issue with Kenny Omega has actually brought out the protectiveness inside me towards <laughs> Kenny Omega. So we, we could be, um, you know, approaching some really uh, interesting territories. Going forward, I'm interested, yeah. to, I'm interested to see how future discussions are going to uphold. Monty, you may have to play witness. <laughs> I ain't seen Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, uh, no. I, I don't, even if they, even if we did get uh, testy here, I, I, I'm, I mean, we're gonna defend picks. James loves riling people up in the first place. I don't even know if you yeah. believe everything you say, but you know what? I hope you do because that makes all of this much funner. Do you understand how much fun this show is when you get to yell at somebody and it don't matter? We talking about wrestling. I don't care about any of this like that. But anyway, no, I think James definitely knows my uh, but uh, how to yeah. put some uh, certain points on me now. Well, I mean, the I misogynistic pitch he took. I mean, come on. Now. <laughs> How can you not want to punch anybody who say that? <laughs> it's easy to say low-hanging fruit. 
But no, there he was we go. MJF in us. He was MJF in us. <laughs> yeah, he was. That was a real MJF moment. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the next year, you know, as we say, will we forget everything that happens in the first couple of months and just August onwards, or will we see what happens there? Will it be a joint one next year? Who knows what happens? But what we do know is that is it for the seventh annual WNR Wars. And don't forget, across all social media, if you do not agree with us at all, you can obviously speak to Monty and Jaxi, but uh, leave us alone. We're at the WNR Podcast or at the WNR JR. Uh, where can they find you if they want to complain about your picks? Monty, we'll start with you. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to complain about my picks, you can find me at Kiss My, you know what? No, I'm just playing at Kiss My, my, uh, at my Monty Pod. <laughs> at My Monty Pod, you can tweet any grievances you had. I will politely ignore all of them. So there you go. Uh, take out my newest podcast, though. I'm asking you to do me a favor now all of a sudden, right? Just talking big and bad. Listen to the show, man. I'm breaking down Wrestle Kingdom because James didn't give him that much love to New Japan. Y'all don't know much about New Japan, obviously. Just come listen to me. I'll come educate you. Alex Coughlin, he, he was in there. He, he, he gave one strong shout-out, and he wants some love. I don't, I'm not listening. <laughs> I ain't hear one Shingo Takagi love or nothing, and that man been blowing people's head off for like 10, 12 months. But anyway, it don't matter. It's all cool. <laughs> Follow me at Mind Monty Pod. Check out the Mind Monty Podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, this was always fun. Though. I'm giving you a lot of shit because that's also fun for you, uh, Jaxie. Where, where can I find you? Yeah, um, if you want to come and complain to me, and I will politely ignore you too. Um, you can find me at Jaxie Scarlet on Instagram and Twitter. Excellent, Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all good platforms. Send us email at Podcast at gmail dot com. And YouTube's done a podcast for all next clips. Podcast got the same time usually as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, that is it. Our next episode is the WNR Christmas special, and it's a year in review with Mike and Jaxie. I bet you guys cannot wait to do this all over again. But until then, I've been James Rose, and I was joined by Monty and Jaxie. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Adios.